According to Pablo Picasso, we are all born artists. You just need to find your talent and use it before you lose it. This exercise is not only good for the planet, it's good for you. Because as Kurt Vonnegut said, practice any art, music, singing, dancing, acting, drawing, painting, sculpting, poetry, fiction, essays, reportage, no matter how well or badly, not to get money and fame, but to experience becoming, to find out what's inside you, to make your soul grow. Welcome to Cromwell Listens, the podcast about town. For August 6th, 2021, I'm James M. Neeland. Today we're talking with Cromwell artist Kasia Radowitz Mastrocola. Graffiti, street art, what sort of images does that conjure up for most people? Perhaps something with which you're not familiar. Perhaps something that could reach a higher level. Well, let's find out. A great interview with a great lady today, Kasia Radowitz Mastrocola on Cromwell Listens. Today we're talking with Kasia Radowitz. Hi, Kasia. Hi. Hi. Now you're a Cromwell artist, local artist. Yes, that's correct. And could you tell us what type of art? Tell us all about your art, Kasia. Sure. Um, so my art is actually very extreme. Um, so I do graffiti and street art. So anything that you would see in any uh, major city around the world, um, that's very similar to what I do. Um, so I specialize in creating my own stencil, mm-hmm. um, and I put them on a canvas, and I use uh, primarily spray paints, acrylics, um, and I, I use this along with collage. So I take um, uh, old magazines, uh, and I take headlines and statements from them, and I throw everything together, and I just uh, end up coming out with a very large um, bold statement, um, and my goal is to make the audience think for themselves. Uh, that's my point of, um, you know, the art that I do, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I just really like to um, hear what people think about it and what it makes people think about. Do you make murals, like mural size pieces? I do. I actually haven't had uh, the chance to do too many murals, but I have done a few. Um, and, you know, hopefully in the future I'll have some opportunities to do more. Um, but, you know, I uh, my creative process, I, I'm i typically alone, um, and, uh, you know, I just like to get at it uh, on canvas. Now, would you call it specifically street art or the moniker graffiti, or is there a specific name? Because uh, uh, I, um, I realize the name graffiti has sort of a connotation to it, but in terms of art your artwork, I'm sure that it's redeemed as as an art form. Would you say it's more like graffiti or a street art to give it a a name? Even if I could give it a name, is it more, um, I don't want to say, um, interpretive? 
Yeah, so I guess that I kind of, um, and I don't know, maybe it's kind of something uh, new that I've come up with, but I actually yeah. like to take all, all of those elements and I combine it into one. Mm -hmm. And I know that in the past, graffiti has had sort of a pretty bad rep, um, you know, with vandals and, right. um, you know, illegal graffiti and things like that. But it's really become pretty mainstream uh, in the last few years. Um, you know, people are really drawn to it, and if it's done, um, you know, correctly, um, you know, it can really, you know, make a statement, and it can be something that's very positive and uplifting. Uplifting. I like that word, Kazia. And many cities across the country, many city governments have actually commissioned uh, graffiti artists to create work for the town on that scale. Graffiti size, I guess you'd say, murals, sides of buildings... Many cities have said, yeah, let's let's actually harness that creativity among our populace and young people. Go at it. Create something for the city. Exactly, yeah. That's terrific. Do you have any specific pieces that can be seen anywhere? Like, have you done work for the town or any other places? Um, so since I'm new to Cromwell and I'm actually new to Connecticut as mm -hmm. well, um, I, you know, I haven't had the opportunity um, partially due to covid um, you know, there's been a lot of events that I've been hoping to get into that have been canceled. Um, so I've actually used um, that time, uh, you know, the pandemic, to kind of bring myself inward a little bit and, uh, you know, create pieces. Um, so that way, when things start to open up, um, I have, you know, collections ready to be displayed. Um, and that's kind of where I am right now in the process uh, is I've been, uh, you know, spending the last couple years, year and a half at home, um, creating pieces, and I'm hoping now that, you know, hopefully things are um, opening up, and they will continue to open up in the future. Uh, I'm hoping to really get my work out there once again. Would you mind talking about how you came to discover, maybe that's not the right word, how you came to embrace your art, and uh, what sort of training, whether it was self-taught or formally, uh, formally educated, would you mind talking about that? Sure. So I actually have not taken an art class since middle school. Um, I was brought up, uh, you know, to be practical. Um, so when I went to college, I decided that I wanted to make sure that I was able to get a job when I was older. So I went to uh, UMass Amherst and I graduated from the business school there. Um, and I always had a really creative spin on, like, anything I've done. Um, so, you know, taking marketing classes and things like that, like I was really drawn to that because I was very creative. I like colors. Um, I like design. I like creating things, but I never really pursued it because again, like I had that practical mind and I was like, you know, everyone always hears the phrase starving artist," right. and I didn't, I didn't want that to be me. I was worried and I was like, no, I need to do something that, you know, I'll make sure that I get a paycheck. Um, so that's kind of the route I went. Um, but when I was in college, I actually worked uh, at the um, Student Union Art Gallery there. And uh, that kind of opened up my eyes a little bit um, towards artists and what they are capable of creating. And I was very inspired. Um, and then also when I was in college, I had the opportunity to go to Europe and um, look at the art over there and go to uh, Van Gogh's home and see some of the pieces that he created. 
And I was just so inspired by everything that I was like, you know, I'm inspired and I kind of want to take this and I want to inspire other people. So um, it wasn't until about 2015, actually, that I picked up a paintbrush and I painted my first actual painting that I've really ever done in my life. Mm. And I just, you know, everything just really evolved from that. Um, and I kind of, like, discovered this talent that I didn't know I had, and I kind of didn't really give myself a chance to do when I was younger. Um, so all of a sudden I'm, you know, 25 years old, and I'm like, oh, my God, I, you know, I can't believe I just made this, and I, I can't believe the feeling I'm getting from this and how it's making other people feel, and I just I need to keep doing it, and um, it just really took off. When you had that moment, when you first, that creative spark you you made your art you looked at it was that a feeling of hey this is something that i've been missing all along and now you felt almost a sense of wholeness if that sounds hokey like hey this is a part of me i had not tapped in heretofore and i think i'd like to pursue this was it sort of like that um i definitely did make me feel very whole and, yeah. and just so fulfilled like a like something that um you wouldn't be able to get from you know, materialistic things. Um, but I, I'm also a firm believer that um, it was life experiences that brought me to that point that maybe I necessarily wouldn't have the ability to tap into when I was younger. So I think that everything happens for a reason. And I think that I there was a reason why I didn't discover this until I was maybe a little bit older. Um, and also, too, um, you know, being uh, completely self-taught, I was able to mold myself and I was able to teach myself about what to do. And I feel like if maybe if, if I had discovered this earlier, someone else may have had the opportunity to mold me. Right. And I think it's really special because I had the opportunity to mold myself. Right. Had you experienced this or this desire earlier, there might have been a curriculum in place, there might have been an established way of doing things. And it's possible your art might have been, and if this is the wrong or right word, but um, compromised in a way by somebody else's vision. Exactly. Now, you mentioned you had the opportunity, which sounds wonderful, to have gone to Europe and appreciated not just the work, but actually the places where many of the great masters worked. Do you think, do you see your work as a mixture of classical and modern or more? You lean one way or the other. Um, well, I really think that I I can relate more to the artist who created the art versus the art itself. Mm -hmm. um, my style is definitely you know very different from a Van Gogh painting, um, but I feel that I very much so relate to artists in the sense that um, I feel like I'm an old soul and. Sometimes I'm not really sure where my inspiration comes from, mm -hmm. um, and I feel that, you know, there's, um, you know, a lot of the great artists out there, and, you know, those who have lived long ago can, you know, relate to the same things, and, you know, the uncertainty about where some of the inspiration comes from, um, you know, or why they decided to, you know, paint certain things, and I can definitely relate to that. A commonality among many artists, whether it's media, the uh, uh, painting, drawing, or other visual arts, but also poetry, music, prose. That you know, where where does that inspiration come from? Who who is guide or what is guiding me? That's 
the commonality among that experience to say, hey, I don't know where quite where this came from, but I'm going to go with it and see where it takes me. Exactly. Now, do you have any pieces that we could look at either? Are you have a website or are you, have you, commi- have you uh, commissioned to do work for, uh, for any uh, town or like any private business or just your own personal collection that we can look at somewhere? Yeah, so I have a website. It's Kaja, K-A-S-I-A, studio.com. Mm-hmm. And you can actually go on that website and you can see um, a lot of the art that I've done in the last couple of years especially. Nice. Now, do you have a particular piece you're most proud of? Um, let's see. I, I definitely have a few que- pieces. That's like an unfair question. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, um, I do have a few pieces. So, uh, actually, so a few years ago, um, when I was at, when my style was really evolving into, you know, like the style that it is now with street art and graffiti and collage, um, you know, when I had, when I had begun painting, I was doing oils and I was doing, um, architecture and I was doing fields and things like that. And then it's just really funny how, you know, my art had really evolved, um, you know, into what it is now. And um, as it started evolving, it started getting to be a little controversial. It started to be, you know, it was unusual. It was loud. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, one of the first pieces that I had created that kind of was very different from anything I had ever created before, um, I was very nervous about entering it into um, a contest in, in my hometown because, um, you know, there was people that I had grown up with and, like, my family and my, you know, friends in my family. And I was just, like, very worried about how my art was going to be perceived by people. Um, you know, is it too loud? Um, are people going to take it the wrong way? Are people going to look badly at me as a person, especially um, since it's personal, you know, entering this competition in my hometown? Um, and I I ended up entering it um, as nervous as I was. And... Um, I ended up winning Best in Show, that nice. painting that I did. Um, and the name of the painting is called Urban Resistance. Urban Resistance. Um, and I would say that I'm probably most proud of that just because that was kind of like my turning point, um, you know, uh, with the style of my art. And it just really made me feel so good um, that people had perceived it so well and it just meant a lot to a lot of people. Um, so that kind of really got me going, um, and it really, you know, everything kind of took off with my style after that. The phrase, jury of your peers in your hometown, that must have been simultaneously intimidating to be facing that initially, what will they think of it, how will they judge me, and then when you won Best in Show, to feel almost exhilarating, like, yes, I was able to reach these people, move these people, and I'm quite pleased about that. Now I embrace my art as something other people can accept. Exactly, yeah, and it was, um, you know, it's it's funny because it just, it would have been so much easier to enter a contest in, like, a different state or a different city, somewhere where I didn't know people, people didn't know me, right. um, but the fact that, you know, you're you're putting out something that's just so personal to you um, and so risky and um, something that was just so much different than all the other pieces, you know, like, there, there were um, pictures of paintings of animals and um, you know, fields and trees and things like that. And then just mine was 
so different, and I was, you know, I was just so nervous. Nonconformist, nontraditional. Mm-hmm. Now, could you walk us through your technique in terms of what materials you use? Say you're setting up to produce a piece of art. What that entails? Sure. Um, so I start off with a canvas, and um, I paint the canvas a solid color. Uh, it's typically a really bright color um, just because I love my paintings to pop um, and, you know, be really eye-grabbing. So I start with that, and then typically my paintings, I like to put a face on the paintings um, as if there's, like, emotion coming from this person and, like, this person has stuff to say. So um, I create my own stencils, and um, I do that through uh, Photoshop. Mm. So um, there's actually quite a bit of, like, a digital aspect to my art. So I use Photoshop a lot. Um, and I create stencils um, through that process, and um, I put the uh, I create the stencil onto like a thin sheet of paper, um, and I use an exacto knife and I make my my own stencil, and then I stencil on the face onto the canvas, um, and then once I'm done with that, I just kind of um, you know look at it and just kind of like you know, think about, like, how I'm feeling and the direction I want to go and what I want to say. Um, and then next comes the collage piece. So I'm actually a really big history buff. Um, history has always been, like, my favorite subject. Like, nice. people get you really both. surprised. <laughs> nice. You and me people both, Katya. Re- mm-hmm. I'm sorry? I said nice. You and me both. I'm big history buff here. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so funny because people typically ask, you know, what my favorite subject was in school. And people always think I'm going to say art, but I never really took art classes. It was always history. Like, I loved history. And I think that it's just super important that, you know, we learn from history and we grow from it um, as a society as a whole. And so this is where my collage pieces come into play is I, um, I have, so many vintage magazines, um, Life and Time magazines from the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. I love that. Nice. And um, I just love going through and reading them and seeing where we were as a society back then and where we are now. And the headlines in these magazines, like, they're bold and um, they're not always, like, politically correct. And mm-hmm. I just like to take these articles and these headlines and I take them out and I take them out of their context and I put them in my own context to create a story behind the painting um and I do this with words and also with pictures um so everything I incorporate into my paintings you know it has like a historical component to it um and then once I'm done um with the collage piece that's kind of when I I get to have fun with all the spray paint and I do paint splatter, and I just make it look very chaotic um, mm. and even more eye-grabbing with the bright colors. Um, and I just kind of, it's kind of like vomit. Like, you know, I just get these ideas, and then I just do it, and I can't stop, you know. Now, given that we are in the digital age, the age of the Internet, do you see your art over the over time progressing more, leading more towards digital and less practical, or... A combination, or how do you see your art evolving over time? Um, it's definitely a combination, but um, so part of the reason why I picked up a paintbrush in the first place was I stumbled upon a gallery 
2014, and I was in front of a painting physically in this gallery, and I just, like, felt the artist coming off of the painting, like, onto me. And I just, I felt something, like, like, I don't even really remember what I felt. I just felt energy coming off of this painting, and you don't quite get that um, with digital art. Um, there's right. that, there's not that personal connection. Like there is, is if you're like physically standing in front of a painting. So, you know, an artist creates this, this work of art and as they're putting, they're putting their heart and soul into this painting and then they're done with it. And then, you know, the audience goes and they see this painting and then they can feel what the artist felt when they were doing this painting. And you just have that connection, which I think is like out of this world and you don't you don't get that component when you're looking at you know a graphic design or something on the internet you know so I um I think that it remains 50 50 for me um but it's just you know I I will always have the you know the physical painting aspect to it I just think that it's so important that connection you mentioned that sort of transference if you will almost primal in the sense that I look at this art on the wall or, or a mural or something, and I connect, again, whatever that feeling is, it's almost indescribable. You're right. cannot always be duplicated or replicated by something on a screen, on a phone or a computer monitor. It's sort of like the, the, um, the, the, the difference between uh, reading a conventional book and reading a book online or through a smartphone. There's just something about a book in your hands. It's just... Uh, as a reading buff and a public library champion, I'm a big <laughs> conventional book fan here. So, you know, um, it's just, there's something about, like with the art, you 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 see it up close, you feel it inside of you. It is different from looking at something on a screen. It It, it, it is. It is different. It's just that it's a human connection. And yeah. it's, you know, you just can't get that digitally, unfortunately. <laughs> is there a project you're working on right now you'd like to tell us about? Um... So I actually uh, am not currently working on anything right at this moment just because um, I did a whole series um, and I'm working on actually getting that out into the public. Um, So I actually, I go through periods where I do a lot of art and then it just like comes out and I can't stop it. it. It just, you know, I'm like it's just so much inspiration and I I go through a period where I just really create and then I go through periods where um I kind of come back a little bit and um I kind of you know regroup and think about what I want my next project to be um and also trying to monitor you know where things are going with the pandemic um you know they're going to remain open um so I'm just trying to like gauge and see exactly where that's going and to kind of see where my next um, move will be. Now, Kasha, give us the uh, your website again so folks can visit it and check and uh, see your art. Sure. It's Kasha, K-A-S-I-A Studio, S-T-U-D-I-O dot com. Thank you. And the question we ask all of our guests, what do you like most about the town of Cromwell? Sure. Uh, so I've lived in Cromwell just for a few years now. And, um, you know, like I was just telling you, I, I really like history. 
Uh, and I think that there's a lot of history in the town of Cromwell. Um, I do see that there's a lot of historical properties and old houses uh, from, you know, two, three hundred years ago. And, um, you know, I that's something that I definitely want to explore even more. Um, but I have to say, too, that the people are awesome. We just have the best neighbors. Mm. Um, I think that the location is really great. Um you know, it's uh, it's it's close to um, New Haven to get on the you know the trains to New York City. Uh, you know, you can easily travel to Boston. Um, it's just really a prime location. Um, but I think out of everything so far, I think that the people—it's just got such a small town feel. And um, I'm really getting to know um, you know the people who live here. And uh, they've just been really great and very welcoming. We hear that all the time, that the people, the people so nice, friendly, welcoming who make our community. And people like you, Kazia, who are expressing their art and making our community a better place. And we thank you. Yes, thank you so much. And thank you for talking to us today. I'm really fascinated. I want to definitely check out your website. And keep us yeah. abreast, and please keep us abreast if of any upcoming projects, if something does Emerge with the town of Cromwell, the creative district, and you're there. Please let us know about it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on here. Um, I really appreciate it, and I really enjoyed talking with you. Terrific, and you take care. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed our interview with Kazia Radowitz Mastracola. And check out Kazia's website, kaziastudio.com. That's K A S I A studio.com. Instagram connection, fine art, a photo blog, even an Etsy shop. It's all there. Good, good stuff. Kazia, thank you so much for talking to us. And thank you to our listeners, our great community. You guys make it all worthwhile. I also want to give a thank you to the Kilroy Academy for using their Why Art Matters piece at the beginning of this episode. Until next time, I'm James M. Neeland for Cromwell Listens. Stay safe, stay strong, and be well. Till later.